That's a pretty girl. Tremendous girl. She's the one you went out with last night? Yeah, I really like her. You know, uh, they're fake. What? Don't say that. Nah, they're fake. How do you know? Come on. Don't you think they seem a bit too perfect? Yes, they do. I never knew you were so into breasts. I thought you were a leg man. A leg man? Why would I be a leg man? I don't need legs. I have legs. Have you ever seen her naked in the locker room? No. Well, then I can't accept your testimony. Maybe if you had seen her naked. I don't want to see her naked. Well, I do. Well, that's your problem. December 1st, 2019. Hello, everybody. Hey there, kids. How y'all doing? are you? You know what's annoying? What? Sometimes our mic is very hot and sometimes it's very quiet and we don't change the settings and I don't understand. It's it's some minor technical issue. And then I gotta futz with it every time. I can't just drop it into my template All for TWIP right. episodes that, that volume normalizes right, uh-huh. it the right way because it's gonna need more if it's quieter or wow. it's gonna need less if it's louder and it's never, it's never consistent. The hell. In our next house, we'll have a better setup. How's that going to change the computer that we record on? We'll have a new computer. In a in in a house, a different house. In a house. new house. So when you when you move, you automatically get new computers. That's that should actually be a this thing. This is news to me. They should just assign them to you. It has never worked that way. No, not yet. Maybe in the future. The way we're heading, I don't think so. No. No. No free computers for all. Oh, they'll be the kind you have to talk to, and then they spy on you all the time. Yeah. I mean, we can't even get health care, much less a computer. Well, I this mean. got dark and <laughs> <Come> serious. <on>. Happy <laughs> holidays, all. Yep. Happy freaking holidays. <laughs> nice self-edit. Hello. Good catching yourself. Well I didn't done. catch myself. No, you kind of. I did. made a choice. Yes, by catching yourself. <laughs> Well, it's okay that we're just kind of futzing around because we really don't have a lot to talk about. Great. So let's get a move on then. So how are you? <laughs> Me. <laughs> Doing all right? Everything um, good? Yeah, sure. Cool. It's great. So what you got? Where's the post-it? Over here. Oh my goodness. That is the very smallest um, list I I've ever seen. Uh, pending voting is done. It ended um, at the end of November 30th. So that's cool. All of the winners will be notified shortly to make little recording acceptance thingies that we'll put in the pendy results, which will be your TWIP episode for January. So that's a thing. What? What's the smirk? (laughs) I just liked how you said they ended at the end. Well, well, they did. That's one thing. How should I have said it then? Edited it better. No, no, I'm not going to. Oh. Because that was fun. Uh (laughs) And I hope you do it again. (laughs) Pending votes culminated at the end of November. Is that more to your liking? No. No? I don't like it. Oh. There's no winning. Nope. I see how you do. Okay, what's next? Our December schedule, as many of you may know, is a little wonky because we don't run anything the week of Christmas, New Year's-ish in there, so... It's shifted a bit. Yeah, so there's a little time off in there. Right, so actually, um, like, the Shakespeare episode comes out a week early, but Major Machine comes out the week it's supposed to, but 
seminar would come out the week of the holiday, so it's moved up between the two, so it's like two weeks early. It's, it's, a, it's wonky, but you can check it out at the coming soon section of our website, and you will see. December's always a little wonky for us. So. Yep, so just check the calendar in case you're like, where's my show? Where is it? Right. We got it for you. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Got it for you. That's right. And that's it. That's all I have. Cool. That's all. Oh. That's it. Then I guess we should move on. Already? It's so short. I know. Nothing else you want to say to the people no. at the end of 2019? Look, I'm sure they're all running around doing crap. They got stuff to do. It's going to be 2020. How about that? Cool. Do you ever think? It sounds like such a future year, and yet everything's still so kind of not future-y. I Weird. mean, it's a little future-y, but... It hasn't lived up to the hype. Yeah, right? <laughs> All right, I guess we'll just move on to the interview then. Great. All right. From Los Angeles, California, we have Shane Nolan on the line. Hello, Shane. Hi, Jordan. How's it going? Really good. Good. How is life out in L.A.? Well, finally, it's raining and it's cold at night. In fact, during the daytime, it's raining. I had to go somewhere and it was raining so hard that I decided to call a lift instead of trying to walk wow. over to it. Yeah, it was. And then it stopped. So it's kind of chilly here. You know, for me, I'm from Oregon originally. So and I don't like being cold at all. Oh, so. Yeah, what I'm got sorry. you to move down from Oregon to Southern California? Oh, the weather. <laughs> right? Okay. But it's funny because... Well, hey, first... I live in the... Go ahead. I was going to say, I live in Atlanta and I grew up in upstate New York. So, you know, I get it. <laughs> for six months, I moved here. It rained like crazy. And I'd given away all my wool turtlenecks and sweaters and coats to my girlfriends before I moved. Thinking it's going to mm -hmm. be sunshine and palm trees. I was wrong. Right. It never rains in Southern California. The song lies. Lies, all lies. So I had to go buy all that <laughs> stuff back. So we have questions for you. Hopefully you have answers or this interview is very short and one-sided. Oh, okay. <laughs> and um, so we'll talk about some stuff and then you can talk about some other stuff and we'll wrap things up. Okay. So most recently, you have been in our latest, well, I guess now second latest production now that Major Machines come out. Um, you have had a number of roles in Dreamnasium. I did. I had three roles. I was so excited when I received the scripts and the offer to play three different totally distinct characters. Mm -hmm. um, so let's start with the first one that came out, The Lingering Grief of Twilight, where you played Magistrate uh, Vugin. Vugin, right? Exactly. Um, what was your um, take on who she was and how, how did you go about um, bringing her to life? Uh, she, she was, to me, very, a very fun character to play. They're all fun, but this one was particularly fun because they gave her this very um, almost, I wouldn't say British, but a very upper kind of a you know accent like this you know where she's where she spoke like and this and this and that you know thank you very much mm -hmm. kind of like that magistrate Vugan, just the whole name to me just that that was the the visual the picture i had in my mind of this person i don't know why but i had her kind of like plump and rings on her fingers and kind of exaggerated character mm -hmm. and 
naturally she's very opposite of what was happening in the script because it was a very violent script. It was very, they were trying to ward off danger and attacks. And then you mm -hmm. have the very opposite person. So the dynamics worked just naturally. Okay. Very cool. And when you looked at the three characters that you had, um, they're all very different. Um, was, did you look for a commonality between them? Did you just take each role separately? Um, how, what was your take on the whole idea about doing multiple characters for this, I guess, four story, uh, what's the word I'm thinking, um, uh, compilation? Um, no, I didn't try to, to draw any lines between the characters because all the stories were so very different. And all the characters, as we spoke earlier, were so very different. So it wasn't that I was trying to draw, you know, I didn't spend time trying to draw a theme or a line between the characters. They were so very specific in the directions on, you know, how they wanted the characters to go. Magistrate Volgan, where the name just spells it out, Magistrate. And uh -huh. then Theta, the description was she was an AI, but she spoke, did speak with kind of more of a human voice because she was uh -huh. very sophisticated AI. And then, of course, Amina Fitzocker was a princess. Right. Uh, so that was that, you know, they were all very different, distinct. So my thought pattern in my work was very clear on how, what I was going to do with each character. What was your take on Amina? I immediately, one, once the big reveal came out as to who Red was, I immediately made the connection to Bran Stoker and the character of Amina in that. Did you make that link? Did you draw on any of, of that with her or was she just totally new in concept for you oh you know what i really love vampire no i'm a vampire novel fiend um i read the laurel k hamilton series mm -hmm. she is anita i think it was anita baker something like that and then i'm a huge fan of of the vampire series by anne rice mm -hmm. i've read every single one of those books and then, of course, Bram Stoker and vampire movies. I've seen Nosferatu. So I'm really excited about the vampire themes. And to play this, this princess that was involved with this, this, uh, this vampire was very familiar to me. I mean, I mean, it's like at least 15 books, if not more. Mm -hmm. A lot of vampire novels that I read, sci-fi fantasy. I'm really, I love it. So... That kind of helped me, you know, find my voice with the Mina Fisocker. Mm -hmm. Is there a particular scene with her that really stands out for you that um, you, you really liked, um, no pun intended, sinking your teeth into? Uh, <laughs> um, I like the pun. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I love it. That's a great pun. I love it. Um, I, my favorite scene is the very, very end scene where she finally, when she traps him in her apartment mm -hmm. in his own web. And mm -hmm. it was just very exciting. Um, no, she wasn't particularly around to see his demise. Right. It was um, the thought that she was so brilliant and, and had such foresight into her future, what may or may not have happened with her and with him and their relationship. And that was very fun to play. Very exciting. Very powerful. I love the writing in this one. It was excellent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Writing in, in all the Dreamasium. Um, yeah. 
Exactly. I shouldn't call them shorts. They are full-blown stories. Yeah. The pendant team is is astounding. I'm always been on telling people, like, what do you do? I got to do this. I, I, I'm on the, these shows. And they said, what's that? And I said, well, podcasts. I didn't realize I read a statistic that podcasts, I think at least 50 to 60% of people in the USA are listening to podcasts at this point. That's cool. It's amazing, isn't it? What, I wonder what the statistic is of podcasts that are audio drama as opposed to, hey, let's talk about a thing. You know I don't know. And they didn't break it down that way. So they just said podcast. So I think it's important that people are listening to that type of media medium at all, mm-hmm. you know, to give that percentage is really powerful and exciting. Oh yeah. So yeah. And then maybe they'll swing one into the other. They'll start with, with self-help podcasts and then move into when they find out about um, sci-fi fantasy and other genre podcasts, you know, live theater. Mm-hmm. Not live, but you know, radio style theater, mm-hmm. and they'll get excited about it. So I'm always talking about it. So a lot of people don't know about it yet. I had a conversation with Cat and Chris years ago, and they they consider what we're what we do independent, like the internet equivalent of community theater. Is how they described it, oh. which I really liked. Oh, but better than community theater. Well, we the are, writing we are. <laughs> the writing is so evolved. And yeah. the, the performances are so evolved. They're really, you know, great, dazzling, really, truly. Yeah, we, we've put out some good stuff over the years. We're over, fi- we're over 15 now. That's pretty cool, if you think about it, compared to, like, some of the other ones that are out there that, you know, they put out a show or two and then they disappear or they put out a show every four to eight months. And we're putting our stuff out every month consistently. Yeah, I'm astounded by the product that comes out of Pendant. I, I just look at the website and I'm just marveled. I'm just taken aback by the, the amount of product that Jeffrey and the team put out. Susan, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And we've got great stories. We've got stuff coming in from, you know, Jeffrey Thorne, maybe he'll be doing some more Dreamnasium stuff. Oh, cool. Uh, and back from the beginning with Dixie and we just have some, some compelling characters and our range is everything from like Dixie to Shakespeare to the line and Genesis Avalon, things that are just in just orders of magnitude in direction from each other that um, everything is so different that we've put out. Right. Right. And that takes just a, a lot of brilliance. It does. And I, which Jeffrey and their team they have mm-hmm. to write all those different, they're different genres. Entirely. Stories of different genres. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and one such character that um, has been very compelling uh, in the past, you played Devi in The Kingery. Oh, I love that. Devi was so much fun. So I was so excited to get that role. She was so, just, just so much. Yeah, I remember when I auditioned for it and I had, don't think, I don't remember if I'd done podcasts before, shows. Mm, audio drama actually is what I what I call them. Audio drama, audio theater, and I think Debbie was one. Of, she definitely my first big main character, and I didn't really know what I was getting into, but I just thought this is fascinating. This is fun. I got my microphone, had my computer set up, and I did the audition. And then Jeffrey let me know that I booked the role, and I said, "This is amazing. Look at this. Look what I'm doing." And then when I actually started receiving the scripts and recording, I was just over the moon. 
just on top of the world. I thought this and still think is just phenomenal experience. I'm so happy to be a part of it. Really, really, really. And I was Debbie for three seasons and it was just a, a great character. And she had a great relationship. And we had, and we've brought you back as an AI. Yes. Yes. Debbie met her demise and uh, um, she came back. As and that was heart wrenching. That was, I remember that was an intense scene. <laughs> yes. I had to, that was my first death. You died well. It's kind of fun when I was shooting, when I was recording it, going, "Oh my gosh, I have to do a death scene. This is my first death scene." After in after my character died, I received the most beautiful email from Jeffrey. It was a long email, and he was very so compassionate and thoughtful and warm, telling me how great it was working with me and how wonderful the character and how I brought it to life and just all these really heartfelt uh, messages messages in the email to me about working with him and i just really appreciate that you know and um then pop up a few years later i don't know if it was one or two years later i'm not really sure i can't remember i came back as ai debbie to haunt mm -hmm. yeah once again <laughs> my husband hook so any what, what's your favorite scene playing debbie my favorite scene you know, there was in the beginning, there was a scene where we were trudging through oh, this underground tunnel or swamp, me and Hooks, and we had a flashlight. I mean, there's so many, actually, but I really remember this one because it was one of the first scenes toward the beginning, if not the beginning, when I first started recording Debbie. And I'm telling mm -hmm. him to hurry up and, and, and get with it. You know, I was always pushing my husband to be around. Mm -hmm. boyfriend around all the time he was always taking it perry whittle played hooks and he was brilliant very fun and um when when you first got the role as as debbie you knew what her occupation was what she was into how did how did you jump into that where how'd you get into the mindset of debbie well she was it wasn't so much what she did as who she was she was a manager she had a business to mm -hmm. run she had to make money she had to show profit do you know what i mean mm -hmm. and so i had been a manager before so to just segue into her mindset was just from some it was part of a career that i'd already done had worked at okay so you know and of course i'd had relationships before and um you know, because so I was hooks, hooks, and I eventually hooked up and became an item. So that's what I used my previous um, experience as a manager because that's it was the same thing. It was a cross reference. The skill set was the same. You know what I mean? Okay. Even mm -hmm. though mine was a brothel, it's still a skill set that once you have one, you can pretty much manage another place, even if it's different. Gotcha. I, in other words with that information that informed the tone of, of the piece and informed my tone and my, how, you know, how I spoke to different people mm -hmm. and how I was a problem solver. Cause Debbie was a problem solver. Very cool. Very cool. Have you been working on any audio drama or audio stuff outside of pendant? Oh yeah. Anything you want to talk about? I have. Or can talk about? Well, I can talk. I can talk about it. It's just it's just me mem remembering what I all I've done. I worked for a wonderful lady, Gypsy Audio. Mm -hmm. I did a wonderful fairy tale. I played one of the fairy godmothers. <laughs> and that was really fun. Then I think I did Nocturnal Avenue, where I played a couple different characters. 
I can't remember the characters. It was a while ago. And, um, you know, I think it's been at least six or seven or eight different uh, or nine different uh, podcasts, audio drama, different companies. Mm-hmm. I worked for Spirit Blade. Mm-hmm. And then I did a, I voiced a trailer for one, just their opening trailer for one. Because I have this deep voice. <laughs> I haven't, I should have pulled the list up. I didn't get it. But very fun, all exciting, good quality. Awesome. Any projects that you got going on right now that you want to talk about? Oh, I did. I did do a video game. I did a video game once recently. Oh, that's cool. This. Uh-huh. I did, I think, two or three voices for a video game. Um, you know what I did get into is narrating audiobooks. Oh, neat. Yeah, and that's really exciting and fun. So um, one was a, a spiritual book. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was a sci-fi fantasy. So that was a lot of fun. And that's interesting because you have the whole book, not only do the narration, as you know, and you have to come up with the voices for all the characters in the book. So do you do them with different voices or do you just kind of inflect differently when you're doing an audio book? For me, I do them with different voices. A lot of people do. Jim Dale that did the Harry Potter series hold the record for Mm -hmm. the most voices, something like over 100. (laughs) I mean, if you've listened to that, it's phenomenal. And I listened to it and that really set me back. I go, wait a minute, that's the show I got to follow. And then, and then I'm always, (laughs) yeah, right. And I'm always listening to uh, to books. I love it. Uh, Audiobook, sci-fi, fantasy. But, um, what happens is I go read the whole script and I take my PDF and I see how many different characters that if there's 20, 30, 40, and if there are lesser characters, maybe with one or two lines, I don't really prepare a voice for them, but mm-hmm. it's the main characters, the top four five or 10 mm-hmm. that I prepare a specific, specific voice for so that they're very, very different. And I have to be the male and the female parts. Mm-hmm. Then it's interesting because as the, you're going through the book, they have to have the same, you know, they, they, the way they speak, their rhythm, their pitch, everything, their tone, their attitude, mm-hmm. you know, has to stay the same. So to make it, to make it, so I like to choose people in my life that I'll write the name of the character down and then I'll write the person in my real life. <laughs> it's going to sound like. If that person's personality fits, fits the um, the character in the book. And then that way, it's easier for me to remember, you know, how they speak <laughs> and their rhythm and pattern. It's, it's really fun. Right. It's really fun. But if they just have a couple lines, it just I make it up as I get to it. Okay. So are you doing audio drama, audio work um, as your profession? Or are you, is that a side thing? How, how does that work for you? Um, that's an interesting question. I'm always going to strive for excellence. Yeah, I'm always going to do it. <laughs> I really, really love it. I guess you could call it as a profession. When people ask me what I okay. do, I say I do audio drama. I'm a voiceover artist. Okay, cool. They ask me about it. And there's all different faucets of it. You know, different things that you can do in this industry as a voice artist. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm just going to keep doing it because it's so much fun. Okay, very cool. There's nothing like it. Awesome. All right. So now we're going to do um, bullet questions. These are just real quick bullet type kind of things. Ready? I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're going to ask me. I may or may not answer. First answer that comes to mind. Ooh, it's like splotch test. 
<laughs> it's kind of like the audio drama version of a Rorschach test. Oh, no. Except I'm not going to analyze you. All right. Favorite Muppet? Oscar. Uh, favorite new TV show this season? Oh, my gosh. Arthdoll on Netflix. The Arthdoll Chronicles. Okay. Favorite Marvel movie? I think the first Iron Man. The first Iron Man? Yes, the first second. Okay. Yes. Uh, favorite DC movie? Mm. You know, I don't know. I don't know what my favorite DC movie is. Which ones are, I can't, you know, sometimes I get confused. With, with, what, is Wonder Woman DC or Marvel? She's Marvel, right? She's DC. Oh, then Wonder Woman. Okay. Uh, favorite pizza topping? The thing every man hates, pineapple and bacon. <laughs> when okay. go, how can girls eat that mm. <laughs> we're not going to dive into Devi and bacon are we <laughs> no <laughs> okay good Shane thank you so much for um, taking time can people find you on social media oh I said oh no I'm not on social media oh you're not okay no. fair enough and that's something. no Twitter no Facebook no Instagram but, but you've now joined us on the pendant discord I didn't even know there was a pendant discord. Now I know. And now you do. Yeah. <laughs> and now you're here. So you can say hi and stuff in the uh, chats. Cool. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Thanks for helping me hook it all up. Oh, my pleasure. Glad to get you on here. Thank you for taking the time to do the interview today. I... Thank you, Jordan. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And actually kind of meeting you through our voices for the first time. I know, right? Seeing your name, but yeah. I've heard you like all of these times. And I was like, <gasps> who is I did my best it? not to fanboy too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just a quick note, this is the last interview of the year. Um, this is going to air in December. Yep. And then January is the Pendies, and we will be back in February. Nice. So thank you once again. And we will kick this back to Jeffrey and Susan. All right, thanks, Jordan. Thanks, Jeffrey and Susan. It's over. It's over. It's over. Just the interview is over. Coming out Wednesday, December 4th, Troilus and Cressida, Act 1, Part 2, The Pendant Shakespeare. Agamemnon. Princes, what grief has set the jaundice on your cheeks? The ample proposition that hope makes in all designs, begun on earth below, fails in the promised largeness. Checks and disasters grow in the veins of actions highest reared. As knots, by the conflux of meeting sap, infect the sound pine and divert his grain tort of an errant from his course of growth. Nor, princes, is it matter new to us that we come short of our suppose so far, that after seven years' siege, yet Troy walls stand. Sith every action that hath gone before, whereof we have record, trial did draw bias and thwart, not answering the aim, and that unbodied figure of the thought that gave it surmised shape. Why then, you princes, do you, with cheeks abashed, behold our works and call them shames, which are indeed not else but the protractive trials of great Jove to find persistive constancy in men, the fineness of which metal is not found in fortune's love. For then the bold and coward, the wise and fool, the artist and unread, the hard and soft, seem all affined and kin. 
but in the wind and tempest of her frown, distinction with a broad and powerful fan puffing at all winnows the light away and what hath mass or matter by itself lies rich in virtue and unmingled coming out wednesday december 11th seminar episode 90 next on an all-new seminar the bunny slippers are a nice touch very professional and i'm sure it's what everyone's wearing to staff meetings these days hey who's omega remember my product the one you say I can never shut up about? My VR projection isn't being generated from my current clothes. It's a combination of my real-time movements and an avatar that was scanned on a day when I was wearing proper business casual. So you're cheating. How true is the identity you share with the world? How much is the real you? And how much is created for appearance? So he and his team flew over to work out of our office for the week. And then yesterday afternoon, he just walked in through the door of my office unannounced. And? And I completely didn't recognize him. Total blank. He's all friendly, and I'm thinking, who are you? Thank God I stopped just short of saying that out loud before I figured out who he was. I'm still not sure I covered for it well enough. I think it was obvious that I had no idea who was standing in my doorway. But you see him every week, using your product. I've seen his Omega avatar every week. What if you could change your identity at will? Show the world only what you want them to see. Yeah. One minute I'm at my desk. The next, I'm stuck in my head, watching this smoky figure scare the bejesus out of my cube mates. It did make for good office gossip, though. Oh, wait, how's that work exactly? The four of you in one body? It's like being in a revolving door. Only one of us is on the outside at any given moment. The other three are stuck inside my head. From your perspective, it kind of looks like a revolving door when we swap. Which is the real you? And does it matter? What the heck was that purple beam? That's the disintegration weapon, remember? Brett's gonna be toast. Better get him out of there. Sideline! Time to disarm that disintegrator, Ray. I'll focus on the battery pack. No way! Look at you, your mask is half burned off and you took some heavy damage. Just stay in here for now. Yeah, whatever. Find yourself in stories written by Lisa N. Michaud and Joe J. Thomas in the next seminar. Only at PendantAudio.com Coming out Wednesday, December 18th, Mage and Machine, Episode 3. Hold it. I need to see some ID. What? Are you guys on lockdown or something? I'm not paid to answer questions. Are you going to show me your ID or are things going to get complicated? Yeah, yeah. Here you go. A tech, huh? What's your business in the Hall of Magic? I'm delivering a repair job to one of your server ops. If you'll just hand that to me, I'll... Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you a licensed technician? <laughs> no. Then you don't lay a finger on this box. There's sensitive equipment in here. I've got regulations to follow, too, you know. Fine. Just let me get you logged. The server room is around that corner on the left. Second door down. Do not try to go anywhere else. Wait. <sighs> yes? 
Something tripped the magic detector. Well, good heavens. We couldn't let anyone bring something magical into the Hall of Magic, could we? We are not allowing unauthorized spell work into the Hall. Oh, for crying out loud. It's a prosthetic. I have all the paperwork. And I'm not going to put my own arm into the coat check just to deliver a box. Here, want it if you don't believe me. Hmm. This is remarkably well shielded for consumer-grade magic. I work with sensitive equipment. Are you done? All right. Go on in. La la la, the show is almost done. Okay, that's your whole episode. Hope you had as good of a 2019 as you could have. Happy 2020, y'alls. Y'alls. We will be back, of course, again in early 2020 with your 2019 Pendy results. Yeah. So thank you to everybody who nominated and voted. That was very cool of you. Yeah, thank you so much. Because we wouldn't have winners if you didn't do that, so. And it's nice. It's nice to let people know you like what they do. You you enjoy their artworks. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so stop by the website at PendantAudio.com, the Yahoo group at groups.yahoo.com slash group slash Pendant, the Facebook page at facebook.com slash PendantAudio. We're on Twitter at PendantWeb, also on Tumblr at PendantAudio.tumblr.com, and you can find us on YouTube at Pendant Productions, or go to the website and click the link at the top and join us on Discord. Stop, say hello, have a chat. We're friendly-ish. Ish. Ish. We'll see you back here next year. This is Susan Bridges. And Jeffrey Bridges. Thanks for listening. I like how you just kind of drew it out. Like, I try to do it different it... every time, but there's not that many different ways you can say three words. It's really hard to do. I think that's just, that's quitter talk. Yeah. So you saying you want to take it over in 2020? That's what I'm hearing. Okay. No. Yeah, now it's all on you. No. You. I thought I'd just add my own judgment oh, of your read every time. On you. <laughs> Oh, this got dark and <laughs> <Come> serious. <on. laughs> happy holidays, all. Yep, happy freaking holidays.